0: Welcome to the Millennial Soul Food Podcast, Episode 6 with Lavon, aka Pasta Bay. I'm your host, Keon Dillon. Enjoy. a Little gin and juice, mango frozen kind of thing, or whatever that I'm i made. drinking
1: some boob honey. I have my champagne right yes! here.
0: <laughs> it was a storm just like a few minutes ago and it passed. So,
1: Ooh, God is working, God, yeah. g- 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 <laughs> working to
0: humidify this corona. I hope Shit. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> viruses what? can't live in the heat, apparently. So, but
0: then it, Iran, it's everywhere in Iran.
1: Is it? I hadn't you, heard. You
0: know all their a lot of their it's not they don't call it parliament but they a lot of their government officials got corona and died.
1: What?
0: Yes, you should read up on it.
1: What? Okay. It's, it's some
0: weird stuff. Also, kept- um, I just like look at your birth chart a little bit. It, I didn't really have time to do like a full analysis thing, sure. but I did see that your moon is in the 8th house which totally has to do with um like healing and like sexual stuff.
1: And, like,
0: I don't want to be, like, triggering, but, you know, like... um, Lay it
1: out. No, we good. I'm good. Yeah,
0: kind of just, like... Well, I mean, it can... I guess, like, with astrology, it depends on the person. And some Uh people some people are able to overcome whatever, you know, whatever kinds of, like... I I don't like to say positive or negative things, but Mm -hmm. some more... Some inclinations or difficulties or challenges that they may be presented. It's kind of like people's souls, like yearn for like lessons and stuff and sometimes it can go like you know the other way because it is a lot to deal with like sexual trauma but yeah your moon in the eighth house that really has a lot to do with digging deep into like the hidden things of life and sexuality especially is a thing about that um and i did some research on you and i listened to the juju bay episode um and nice. yeah, it totally lines up with your work with helping people kind of um, unearth and like deal with this shame from yes. like you know being brought up Christian and all this kind of Listen. stuff. Listen, we go, we go
1: talk. Wow. I'm excited. Thank it. you for doing that. I appreciate you.
0: Well, you know, I'm like a five planet Capricorn, <gasps> <laughs> six planets and Saturn. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Now I don't I don't know Saturn. I'm just learning the houses. In fact, I sent something to my friend that was like, "Hold on, it was a little cheat sheet." Where this
0: thing at? Oh yeah, he I can tell me you if this is accurate. I use.
1: It was like Sun is I am, Moon is I feel, Mercury is I think, Venus I love, Mars I act, Jupiter I grow, Saturn I achieve, Uranus I evolve neptune
0: i dream pluto i empower wow yes yeah i i specifically like to look at the houses because the houses the houses tell like depending on what kind of planet is in a certain kind of house Uh um it kind of tells where that planet is expressed in a certain area of life so you're so the moon for instance um in terms of the makeup of someone's personality or psycho psycho psychology the moon uh-huh. has to do with like the unconscious um and things that we don't really process like externally uh-huh. and then the eighth house has to do with like the occult um sexuality okay. kind of like quote-unquote darker things in life but yeah i don't like to say dark one because i'm dark Are you dark too I, don't, I don't, i'm like <laughs> what's bad about that you know like period of uh, that part so yeah uh that kind of had that's can then you just put those two definitions together and that's kind of how um i interpret the houses and then there's like okay. a lot of other things that you can interpret like okay <laughs> levon aka pastor bay emmy winner professor published poet body and sex positive healer writer pastor preacher writer hey. spiritual life coach and founder of Beautiful Scars, a healing-centered storytelling agency focused on fostering resiliency. Thank you so much for coming on the MSF podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. <laughs> so <laughs> how did you know, just I walking, I, Yes. How did we meet? I think so. I started following you on Instagram because you were on a little Juju podcast with. Juju
0: Bay. Oh yes, it was
1: like a vintage episode. I started. I found out about her. Vintage episode. Vintage yes, honey. Yes, two snaps. Yes, in the, the archives, baby. And the look—you got to go deep. I think you're like single digits. I was you? number
0: seven, which happens to be yes. my life path number. But
1: come on, oh life oh, path number eight.
0: Oh. Oh. we got to look into that. We got to talk about that a little bit. Yes,
1: we do. What is
0: eight? What is life path
1: eight? Eight is oh gosh, you put me on the spot. Let me look Hold it on. up. I'm googling right now the power okay. of technology,
0: the CEO <laughs> and material ma- uh, manifester.
1: Yes, oh, eight is Leo definitely the Leo number too? of abundance.
0: You a Leo, also. So that's... I am
1: Leo Sun, Pisces Moon, Leo Rising.
0: Oh, you Pisces Moon.
1: What is that about? Wait a minute. <gasps>
0: um, anyway, what were we talking so about? It's what, what was Wait, it? What was the subject like? <laughs> wait I oh, appreciate I that. forgot everything i was talking about just now
1: oh hilarious <laughs> but that pisces moon it balances me i get that water i get that flow to cool down my fiery energy you know it's where my emotional stuff comes mm-hmm. from Ooh, that's amazing shade, and having I mean. a moon
0: in the eighth house also that's like pretty interesting that
1: eight is strong huh that's what's up oh
0: and eight is a number of prosperity in um chinese numerology It's like an uh, auspicious number.
1: Yes. You make natural, executive and excellent um, leaders in the business or political arena, which I feel like everything kind of ties together. I feel like my astrology life path number, like whatever... school of thought you use to like dissect who I am, it always gets to the core of who I am Mm -hmm. which is just a healer, I show up in the world, I believe that I look the way that I look, you know cute, high cheekbones, very (laughs) beautiful, For a reason, because my cousin, shout out to Saida Denise, um, she is Muslim, and she told me that in her faith tradition, um, that they believe that the creator makes the prophets beautiful so that the people will listen to them. (gasps) And so, I have always thought about that, right? Beauty as a gift for someone who has a message.
0: (laughs) Honda, diabolsha, you
1: better... Honda,
0: shut up on a Honda.
1: Come on, Come on.
0: Let me just go run around my living room.
1: Take a lap, honey. If you don't quit.
0: But, I mean, that is <laughs> interesting because, I mean, one of the, like, I guess I, like, have studied, have studied, like, Hermetic Kabbalah. And then the mm. Tree of Life, one of the main um, virtues of, like, reality or one of the main things that God imparted on humans is beauty. Yeah. Or, like, you know, the ability wow. to perceive beauty. So, it makes total yeah. sense. Yeah. Pastor Bay. Guess-
1: Listen, that's me. And you can't talk about beauty without talking about Oshun, right? When we just get into African spirituality and Dorisha and the deity, oh, yes. she is the epitome of beauty and lavish self love and just all the juicy things that black women, black femmes, black folks deserve to have in their life in abundance.
0: Yes. I don't practice e but you you're a practitioner, aren't you?
1: So I have not been initiated. But um, a bit about my spiritual background. So I was raised in the Episcopal Church. I'm the daughter of West Indian immigrants. I grew up in New York City in a middle-class Caribbean Episcopalian Anglican church. So it's mm-hmm. very high church. I served as an acolyte for, like, I don't know, five years, something like that. And Dang, like, I don't know? even know what
0: that is. That's how I know <laughs> okay, you so was like, deep in the church, know,
1: like, girl. In, Yeah, like in the Catholic Church, like how they have, like, the little the little altar boys or whatever oh, like i was an altar girl acolyte. basically okay. huh yeah so i grew up really steeped in ritual right like mm-hmm. we start oh with, you were catholic
0: those...
1: no well here's oh, the thing. Episcopalian. That's, was Episcopalian, they're kind of catholic. which is kind of like catholicism yeah. but the priests can get married
0: oh so it's not okay as okay deeply
1: entrenched in like that roman you know patriarchal structure like Women can be priests. They they ordain queer folks. Like
0: oh, okay, I it's think a little I, more yeah. progressive. Okay.
1: Yeah, but that's important because my parents were raised in uh, Barbados and Guyana in South America. And so their Christianity was extremely colonized. So you're thinking about (laughs) British colonialism and imperialism. And I grew up with a white Jesus and praised a white Jesus. And so even in our stained glass windows, like we had a Martin Luther King window and he was black. And then there were little black children over here. But that Jesus was white. Oh.
0: Wow. He might be
1: brunette, but he was still white. And so um, when I got older, I started to have these, you know, very visceral experiences with the spirit. Like I knew that there was a force that was bigger than me out there. And it was bigger than this church that I had been raised in. And so I started to feel spirit. I started to feel a calling. And when I got to college... I started going to church with these Pentecostal folk. So, oh my God. Holiness Pentecostal Church of Christ. Oh, my um, God. What was the name of the church? Hold on. Let me think. HPC. Holiness Pentecostal Church of Christ. Yes, that's exactly what Ooh. it was. And so, I walk in and one of my good friends at the time, his mom was there, she gives me this big hug. She's like, oh, welcome. And I literally just felt this shroud of peace come over me. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know who this woman is, but she got something. So then we get into the service, and you know, Pentecostalism is coming straight from uh, West Africa conjuring it's and straight from like, it. Even though those connections are not made explicitly in a lot of these mm-hmm. black Pentecostal churches. But um, people are lifting their hands and shouting, and, you know, they start to get demonstrative. Now, I was raised in the Episcopal Church. You know, you cold, you stoic, (laughs) you don't show no emotion. Don't clap. Stay and kneel. You can clap at uh, Revival.
0: (laughs) Only Revival.
1: Once a year, in the springtime. In the springtime. your little little fish-shaped tambourine, okay, and you have Revival. (laughs) But here it was like extremely um just body centric right which is so interesting that some of these denominations are so focused on having these very physical experiences but they don't talk about the physical experiences that we have outside of the worship space Mm -hmm. so i'm sure we'll talk more about that but um I had this moment at the end of service where they welcome the visitors, right? And it's like, oh, my name is LaVon, and I go to St. James-Olesk Episcopal Church in Queens, and I'm a student at Seton Hall University. Shout out to the Pirates. And um, I'm very blessed to be here. Very cute, very proper, like very I-got-home training. Mm. I go to give the mic (laughs) to the usher. (laughs) And I I go to sit down. And I completely miss this red and white fold-out chair. And I slide to the ground. And I start writhing like a fish out of water. Oh. And my good friend, Sean, who's in the musician's pit, my good friend, one of my best friends, um, is in the musician's pit. He runs over to me. He starts saying hallelujah in my ear. I say hallelujah twice. Start speaking in tongues. I don't even know what tongues are, oh. Keon. Oh, my So God. it was just like spirit yoked me up and was like this one is mine oh and so after that experience i just had this great zest for spiritual knowledge and so you I you had this, like
0: intercession with
1: i did spirit. i had a very radical religious conversion experience we in need my to, early i 20s. mean can
0: you dive into that a little bit more like sure what you did you like you know experience something out of body or what
1: So I remember feeling out of control of my body. I felt I didn't feel in danger. I felt safe, but there was just this kind of motion from my limbs, like like that overwhelms my entire corpse. Like my body was just there, and like somebody was like a puppet on strings, and somebody was just moving me. Mm -hmm. But um, when the tongue started coming out, that was uncontrollable, and it was just like stammering um like there's some sort of language that's there but it's not english so i don't know what it is you know Mm -hmm. and so i I know that that's one of the um evidences of the spirit that sometimes can be a little hokey for people you know they're like how do you know that's real Mm -hmm. and like people be fake people do be faking they do sometimes, sometimes sometimes the elders Sometimes the elders don't end the service until they believe somebody got the Holy Ghost. So, you right, go and man then you gonna be there, and and there for six hours. hours. You like, I'm trying to go to Applebee's, let me just <laughs> <laughs> come
0: them cheesy eat biscuits. To the
1: Honda, EDDIE, can I go eat? Like, like
0: <laughs> please,
1: <laughs> four five, oh somebody oh, catch I the spirit eat? now. Anybody, somebody, one body. You know, um, but for me, I think coming into this experience, not having had that, like, I wasn't raised in a holiness tradition. I wasn't raised in a Pentecostal church. Um, My mom, she's so cute. She would call black Baptist churches that, you know, like, clap and sing and dance and stuff. She's like, oh, the jump up churches. That's what she would call. I didn't grow up in a jump up church.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. That is so funny. Wow. Well, did you? I mean, well, you didn't know, but I actually, I mean, I grew up in like a speaking tongues kind of like church
1: did you yeah In and then what? i
0: actually went to a pentecostal church for like maybe like two years or so but what? um yeah even at baptist churches um i don't know if it was a mississippi thing but like people yeah if you felt the spirit you just <laughs> run around the church and you spill
1: the elbow shot yeah that's what they be doing and it's harkening back you know 1906 azusa street the revival in la like that was a big pentecostal moment and it's so interesting that a lot of black pentecostals don't know that that's where like american pentecostalism got its start so mm-hmm.
0: but i do totally I think, feel you on like um the pentecostal aspect because i mean i whenever i was in baptist church like when mm-hmm. i was growing up we weren't really allowed to like clap even and they were very subdued and stuff and i was mm-hmm. looking for more like i didn't really care about the sermon i was like bro why are you getting up here like tell- like you over here sleeping with half the church anyway like why are you <laughs> the team oh, th- grabs pearls hot, grabs pearls can we talk about <laughs> that you know Clutch. um yeah. a slot period which i mean I'm just keeping it real i ain't saying it. it's bad but um i was looking <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's bad when you're not claiming that ethic when you're not being honest about exactly, it. exactly you know when I mean? we know
0: you're a hoe. like so just getting up yeah, there talking that's the
1: thing black folks are fucking they're just not talking about it exactly and that's, that and
0: needs some to of them getting pregnant and getting abortions too that part so but uh you know the come to the conference room but um oh,
1: Lord. oh ooh,
0: but yeah so i actually i was like looking for more of like an experience because i love mm. like you know when this gospel like the gospel music when the choir mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. you know like leandria johnson is
1: yeah the one i that feel like i think folk out.
0: i think <laughs> some kind of i don't i'm not gonna it's not evil or anything like that but i think she has like She has, like, a spirit on her that makes her very talented. And she's very captivating. But she also has, like, a lot of pain, you know. She's, like, went through alcoholism and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. I, I, like, have watched her performances. And she goes on for, like, 14... 20 minutes and it's wow. like just the way she like captivates the audience and she'll just like mm-hmm. get into this like stance like she'll bend down and just like start singing like from her gut but it's yeah. like a different kind of energy it's like she mm-hmm. it's like a spirit that she takes on and it's like she's processing her pain and stuff but all I don't think people really see it for like the kind of um I guess you could say like a more indigenous like mystical aspects of her performances we just see it as like oh she got the spirit but I was like mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people sing and this woman got a spirit on her right. something that is like I I mean you know spirit is a trickster also but mm-hmm. like just like there's a lot of I feel like that's just something with her that makes her amazing but also brings about this, like, not like she, it's her fault that she goes through this stuff, but, you know, I feel like certain people, like, experience emotions, like, on a different kind of level, and I think that's, you know, what can make people turn to, like, escapist behavior, um, so, yeah, just a lot, you know, and performers, they be, like, messed up a lot of ways, too, just artists and stuff, because it's, like, they're kind of in between, you know? I Can I tell you a story... Yeah, please. Okay, so <laughs> when I was growing up, I had one uh, like this best friend in high school who was Pentecostal. Uh-huh. And um so let's just say his name is Randy. Okay, so I met Randy through Beta Club, like you know, Beta Club is like the smart people club or whatever. Sure. And he was like this kind of black nerdy dude like me. Um, And at this point, like, neither of us was out. But I was Mm kind of... I used to dress in, like, a lot of black and stuff in high school. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I still wear a lot of black. I'm a witch, so... Never mind.
1: (laughs) You give it... I'm like, oh, yeah. I I guess that that makes total sense. (laughs) I say.
0: But he was more kind of, like, innocent and stuff like that. So he's the one who actually got me into the Pentecostal church. But Mm -hmm. also, he was, like, kind of, like... He was gay, very gay and stuff like that. But I didn't know that he had been hooking up with guys and stuff like that. But then he Uh. was like the piano person at the church and his grandfather was the pastor. And so they had told me, um, like they asked me to come into the conference room with them. And they were like, if you don't speak in tongues, you're going to go to the lake of hell. Like, look at the Bible. It says right here, like you have to have intercession with the Lord for you, for you to be saved um and so I was like dang well I guess I got a deadline to speak Mm. in tongues but then Mm. this was in 2003 when Beyonce's album came out crazy in love was out and I was trying Uh to stop listening to secular music but when that came out Beyonce like saved my queer ass like because I was like I can't deny myself this music because it made me feel like so good and it kind of I was like This has to be, like, a similar spirit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think spirit would, like, want to, like, punish me for enjoying this kind of being of the world.
1: Absolutely not. So Because there's no separation.
0: Exactly. So I think that was, and I mean, Randy, Chai, apparently was thotting all over the school. Like, I was a virgin. (laughs) But this hoe was, like, literally, <laughs> like, <laughs> sucking dick, like, you know, like, chupando <laughs> like, I mean... la verga, like, all the time. And then Uh-oh. I was, like, I was surprised. And so then, like, he tried to hook up with me, and we I didn't we didn't do anything, like, explicit or anything like that. It was just kind of, like, touchy-touchy. Okay. And then afterwards, I was like, you know what you just did? Because I was kind of more like, I would, like, curse people out at school and stuff, because I got bullied a lot, but I wasn't really, like, you know, like, I didn't really back down. I would, like, be, like... Feisty. Yeah.
1: I I went
0: off. So, Uh uh, and he was more kind of, like, he didn't really want people to think a certain way about him, but I'm, like, I haven't even done nothing with a dude, and you sitting up in here,
1: like, the whole grade doesn't run through you. But,
0: uh, which there's nothing wrong with that. But um
1: I know let's not slut shame. I because I'm I'm here for
0: it. (laughs) But it was in the context of him being Pentecostal and telling me Uh, I had I had two weeks to learn how to speak in tongues to save my soul.
1: Yeah. But I did take from that experience
0: the the spirit, I could feel the spirit in the church, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, the thing about the black church, and I say the black church because most people resonate with that, I get that. Not every black church is the same and not every black church is like a monolith. But just for the sake of this conversation, most black folks have had some kind of encounter with the black church for better or for worse. And Mm so I think it makes sense for people to want certain elements of it. Right. To want the community, to want the really amazing gospel choir sound, to want this sense of being part of being a part of something that's bigger than you, but the sexism and the misogyny and the queer phobia and the transphobia and the, the doomed fi- preaching fire and brimstone, like don't nobody want that. Okay. Mm-mm. That's just not <laughs> what we've been to do. Cause t- trust me, Keon, I know atheists who love gospel music, Mm-mm. right? Like, theologically it may not make sense to people, but it makes complete sense to me where I'm like, you feel moved by the energy and the intention and the life force that's in this. Right. And even for folks who don't subscribe to Christianity, which listen, if I wasn't called to this life, I wouldn't be a part of this mess neither, but I'm here <laughs> reclaiming Christianity yeah, right. as an African traditional religion. Cause Jesus was African. Let's be clear. Um, but I do honor the fact that, you know, It can be traumatizing and triggering to talk about that. So for anyone listening, even to you, Kian, if you have come across some hell adjacent lower C Christian, lowercase C Christian, you know, who harmed you in some way because of how you show up in your body or because of who you love. Like, I just stand as a representative of the divine to apologize on their behalf and to let you know. That spirit is pissed about it. Your ancestors are pissed about it. I'm pissed about it. And we're doing the work to reclaim and to heal our our faith traditions. So I do want to acknowledge that in this space. Yes,
0: I wanted to talk to you about um, just all the things. But so you're like, um, are you like an ordained pastor?
1: Yeah, so I was ordained in the Pentecostal Church, and I'm also a licensed Baptist minister. I found my way to yeah, (laughs) the American Baptist Church um, when I was in seminary, so I am formally theologically trained, and my supervisor, her name is, is Reverend Dr. Leslie D. Callahan, and she was the first female pastor of this historic church in Philly, St. Paul's, and she taught in religious studies at the University of Pennsylvania. So I was like, here's this black woman, graduated from Harvard, graduated from Union, which is at Columbia University in New York. Like, she's leading this really historic congregation, and she's in this Ivy League institution. I was like, this is amazing. And then on the first day of my internship, um, Pastor Callahan, me, and the executive minister, uh, Reverend Sharice, we were all sitting in, the, in Pastor Callahan's office. And Pastor Callahan was like, we need some new music. What should we be listening to? And so I immediately start racking my brain for like gospel hits. I'm like, well, I haven't really been listening to gospel, so I don't really know what I'm supposed to say. But then Reverend Sharice was like, Chrisette Michelle, and I'm dating myself because this is why oh, we were Chris. still fucking with her
0: oh okay but okay because like, i was michelle i was about to ooh.
1: this was the summer of 2011
0: <laughs> oh okay she was oh okay
1: she was hot okay, okay. vintage she i, I, right I fucked with
0: her then yeah okay
1: right let me let me let me put a time we in the time so machine
0: we going so be back to like, 2011 she, okay she I we I here. Support it. no we no. here now in but,
1: 2011 right but um <laughs> reverend sharice was like oh percent michelle just came out with a new album it was like cool let's put it on and in that moment I was like wait we're listening to secular music like in the church like as the staff of the you know and so that moment for me just made me feel like I didn't have to bifurcate myself I didn't have to Mm -hmm. compartmentalize myself or chop myself up into pieces or amputate you know my love of R&B from my love of God it was like I could be a whole person and so that's how the, the Baptist got me because Reverend Callahan got me. And I think as we see more of these models of Black women in leadership, Black queer folks in leadership, Black trans folks in leadership who are bringing the fullness uh, of their authentic selves to these religious spaces, these Black religious spaces, we're going to see a change in the narrative and the power dynamics. Because for so long, it's just been really misinformed, uninformed, poorly informed Black male clergy operating in these spaces and it's been so patriarchal to the point where like we talk about god as if god has a penis and it's like if god is a spirit (laughs) his spirit is genderless although the holy spirit is a woman to be clear Mm -hmm. like feminine ending Mm -hmm. um but we should be talking about the creator the divine you know highest consciousness supreme being with gender neutral Terms. That's just Mm -hmm. how we should be doing it. Um, And so my spirituality is very much informed by West African spirituality. Um, I did my African ancestry test and I am a 100 percent match for the Temne tribe, which is one of the two largest tribes in the northern part of Sierra Leone. Oh, wow. So I'm I'm learning about my people, about their faith and religious and spiritual traditions um but i i realize that there's no separation between what's sacred and secular so even when you know you want to be super spiritual but you want to listen to beyonce too cool (laughs) listening to beyonce is spiritual oh my god you're gonna make me cry Song. oh precious one Ooh. she just blessed us at the time of this recording with she, some oh. when you wish upon a star oh my god i, seen I it cried on your stories like, did you oh
0: my god Aww. yes i did i for real was just like the tears. Aww. i was like where is it? oh my god <laughs> and then, <laughs> then i you know i did look at it at like 3 30 in the morning when i just woke up to go oh, to the bathroom wow. but instagram knows my love for beyonce so i listen. Um, <laughs> That
1: ooh, be- oh my god! <laughs> if it Beyonce was so wanted to sweet. drop an album in the middle of a a global health crisis, I would not be mad. I mean, okay. I
0: heard there is some news that she might be coming out with something with Oh, Meg the Stallion.
1: What? Yes, that is a lot of divine feminine energy Go- on one track. I can
0: we talk about it?
1: Because like Beyonce and Nicki Minaj, like their little duo, flawless and whatnot, like that was cute.
0: But i know oh my god big. i would love it and i think i think period yeah. the these women are here i think the explicit the sexually explicit stuff is necessary mm-hmm. because i i think pay of patriarchy specifically patriarchy from like dean or i was about to say deacon demons deacons <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think it's mm-hmm. like uh a, um, spellbinding kind of like it's like binding mm. someone into silence mm-hmm. it's like bound women into silence right. you know what I mean and right. um, I think it's important for Meg The Stallion to be out here like owning her sexuality and stuff Absolutely. like that and also understanding you know standing up for systematic oppression cause she's already right. you know I think before Corona she was into like health administration that's what her undergrad is in so I'm like yes
1: and the people were trying to come for her for having a two point seven GPA. I was like, like "You have a like, career and <laughs> find time to study."
0: Like black like, women can never be enough.
1: Black women are the only people who are not enough and too much at the same damn time. Right. And it is tiring.
0: And to be and honest, I'm I'm so I like. I mean, I identify as non-binary, but I do have a penis. Ashe. But black men get too many passes. To be honest, mm. I feel like with black women, like. I, Interesting, and I mean, I'm a I'm a, a gay man and stuff, so I think mm-hmm. the same. It's the same with black gay man, like because they're still men, you know what I mean. So it's like that right. patriarchy exists, and I I think it's the same way, like in the gay community too. I just be thinking, men get too many passes. <laughs> it's like you are here. not extraordinary. Like black women are the ones who are in school in university, and then we, we get are. then men. They're like, well, can't you do more? But then black men are out here like you know not like i'm saying we're not doing anything but you know just like going to get haircuts and stuff um
1: y'all are the white people (laughs) of black people well not voting for trump straight straight black men right are the white people of black people and it never ceases to amaze me how like they will continue to show their asses i'm like as black women have been carrying you and mm-hmm. showing up for you and rallying and protesting um it's really really frustrating but mm-hmm. i think you're right because i remember <laughs> i was in, in seminary and this gay white man came up to me at a party clearly inebriated and he kissed me on the cheek and he was like levon if i were a black woman i would want to be you, oh. oh, and I was like, somewhere in there is supposed to be a sweet. compliment, that but it's not. not. I, uh... <laughs> First of all, you kiss me without consent. I don't want Ew. your crusty lips on my cheek. I don't know where those lips been. Okay, get away from me. But also, and in contrast why... to who? In contrast to who?
0: Hmm.
1: What do you mean? Oh, and, like
0: with a white dude, like in contrast, like oh, sorry, I meant like in contrast, like he wants to be a black woman. He, if he were a black woman, he'd want to be you. Right, but in so, contrast to what other black women?
1: <laughs> right, yeah, I don't know, but I'm just <laughs> like, so are you fantasizing about being a black woman? I mean, let's be clear.
0: Oh, in like, that, oh. Uh,
1: people want to be black. I women, think that right? is like, exactly what you was out going here on. Spending good money to plump your lips and your booty to get a tan right like black w- women's features are celebrated on everybody who's not a black woman basically
0: and did you see bad what's her name bad barbie bad baby
1: uh it's barb it's barbie i think ba- is it baby i know who talking about <laughs> yeah me outside. Like,
0: i'm like wow let's let it it's happening again
1: she's just learning from the kardashian crew and she's I'm learning so from black
0: man baby. being like yeah you look good
1: That part. (laughs) But here's the thing as much as we, you know, talk about black men and our irritation with them around choosing non-Black women, by and large, Black men are dating slash married to Black women. I think it's something like 88% of Black men, maybe with a college degree, I have to look into that, but they're they are they're married to Black women, I, so I don't know oh, why maybe this narrative, the media. why this trope, oh, absolutely, it's absolutely a story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's false that Black men are not choosing Black women, mm. and so, you know, of course, with Metaphysics. anything that you give your energy to is going to grow. And mm-hmm. so my mm-hmm. thing is, particularly for um, black women, black femmes who want to date black men or be in partnership with black men, like, put your energy on that. Like, you only need one or two or three or however many, you know... <laughs> how many folks you got <laughs> bandwidth for? Yeah.
0: Especially after quarantine. Don't, right? don't however, go out there getting six. your number is.
1: Six, five, set your intention whether is 1, 6, 36, set your intention and just continue to do your own healing work right because you're not going to be able to call in what you are not ready to receive and you are not going to call in anything if there's no space in your life for it so now let me drag some that's so violent let me just come for you real quick right you cannot say that you want something and there's no room in your life for it you cannot say that you want partnership or that you want partners and you are busy giving your time to people in these spaces that no longer serve you, right? You cannot be super busy with work that does not give you life, super busy trying to take care of other people and clean up other people's messes when you got a mess in your house and don't nobody want to come in your house when there's a mess in the house, okay? Mm-mm. So clean up your stuff and carve out protected space for the people that you say that you want in your life.
0: That's kind of like... um. I think and the, there's a feng shui principle where mm-hmm. it's like you're supposed to like have an empty room or, so, or so, empty space for something if you want to manifest mm-hmm. it. So you like mm-hmm. keep your space like decluttered or something like that to yeah. if you're trying to manifest whatever.
1: And I think like every room pertains to a different part of your life. So like, especially depending on the layout, I think your bedroom has to do with like your love life and like this room has to do with your finances. And so, mm-hmm. you know, whatever whatever philosophy is giving you direction and is helping you to be grounded and, and centered, you know, particularly as a black or brown person who, you know, could be queer or trans or differently abled, like as multi-marginalized beings, whatever is giving us life <laughs> is holy
0: mm-hmm. exactly Um, I also wanted to talk to you a little bit more about um, Jesus as a historical figure and then um, yeah. Christ consciousness because mm-hmm. I have um, I have experience with doing I guess you could call it like psychedelic shaman- shamanic ritual and mm-hmm. um, a big part of that is, like, Christ consciousness, and I think of, like, Christ consciousness as kind of a decolonized, um not rhetoric, but kind of, like, value system yeah. for um, understanding who Christ was, and it's kind yeah. of this understanding that, like, humanity, it sounds like cliche, but we're all one, but right, all systems are. work together, but whenever you, I guess, like, mix that kind of with shamanic ritual and like yeah psychedelic ritual it's like kind of taken to a new level and you kind of like perceive um just people differently and you see that everyone's coming from a particular like traumatized space mm-hmm, and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff and then everyone deserves the right to self actualize like not to the point that they're harming their neighbor but if someone wants to if a dude wants to wear a dress who cares who cares? Like, who? Why? Why do you care?
1: <laughs> That's why back in what was it? 2010, when the whole like legalization of same gender loving folks with their ability to get married became a thing. I was like, nigga, if you are not gay, this, what does this have to do with you? Yeah. <laughs> it literally has nothing to do with you straight. Like, stop it. Stop being foolish. Mm. <sighs> Anywho, so Jesus, yes. I actually went to seminary to study the historical Jesus because I, w- I had so many questions about who this person was. And oh, what? It's historically proven that he walked the earth, and there are other folks not in the Bible, like poets and writers and scholars at the time who were writing about him. So I'm like, okay, clearly this black man walked the earth, but I need to get to know who he is. And so um, Jesus was a poor North African Jewish revolutionary refugee. He was a sent one who came to um, turn systems that were oppressive, repressive, suppressive, particularly against black and brown marginalized people. Um, And he also came to illustrate to us a a model of citizenship, a model of siblinghood. And so for me, having this understanding of Christ consciousness has actually been really liberating. So whereas many Christian spaces use the Bible and the Jesus figure to oppress people or keep folks in line, actually studying the historical Jesus made me feel much freer (laughs) in my being. To one, Think about the fact that this man looked like me or my brother. You know, mm-hmm. like I was 27 years old, Keon, before I physically located Egypt in Africa, like growing up in church and <gasps> Sunday school and sermons and Bible study. And not once did I think about the Egyptians that I read about Sunday after Sunday, liturgical year after liturgical year, being African, <laughs> being black for the sake of this conversation. So... Mm-hmm. That does something to you on the inside when you're like all of these historical figures, all of these world changers, all of these healers. They were my people. These are my ancestors. And I I think that has been critical for me um, is to study Jesus through the lens of black liberation theology and womanist theology. Now, black liberation theology looks at blackness and looks at the black power movement and brings that to the space of God talk womanist theology centers the experiences, perspectives, and vantage points of black women. And some people would wonder, well, what is a womanist anyway? (laughs) And I'm like, basically alice walker created this term she used it in one of her essays in 1979 yes. and then she defined it in 1983 and in, in search of our mother's gardens and the my, it's not my favorite definition my favorite is the third one which is full of these delicious juicy verbs about loving the moon and loving dance and loving folk right oh the moon yes yes, yes. wild, wild woman energy, honey you're getting yes <laughs> run with the wolves honey you're getting it yes. so, yeah. <laughs> um the fourth definition says womanist is to feminist as purple is to lavender. <gasps> womanist is to feminist as purple is to Lavender. And what does that tell us that our experiences as black women, black femmes, black folks, but particularly black women, um, it's it's a deeper, richer experience, right? Mm -hmm. When you are living at the intersection of race and gender in a racist, sexist, xenophobic society, there's gonna be a lot more to navigate in that space. And so I'll close this part by saying feminism was never intended for black women because when those white women were marching in the suffragette movement in the early 20th century for the right to vote, they were not marching for my foremothers. No,
0: hell no.
1: To be clear. And so feminism has never been a service to me. In fact, I resist feminism. And I know there are black feminists out there and more power to you. But feminism coming out of white womanhood is saying we are equal to men and we can do anything that we want. Whereas womanism is saying, let's free the most marginalized person among us and then we'll all be free. <laughs> right. I'm oh. not trying to be equated with anybody. In fact, you will never hear me say um, I am a straight woman. Um, I, you'll never hear me say I don't need no man. I can do anything a man could do. No, I can't. I cannot. <laughs> dunk. I can't dunk the way Shaq dunks. OK, I, can't. <laughs> I understand that. What 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 needs to happen is that we need to do spiritual and social inventory and we need to Mm. affirm people as they feel comfortable and full showing up in the world. And then we need to affirm and celebrate their personhood or personhoods right in the way that the divine would do, because when everyone feels seen, when everyone feels affirmed, that's when we show up. And that's true liberation. Right. Nina Simone said, I'll tell you what freedom is to me. No fear. like like, you can show up fully and not be fearful that's when we know that we have made it and so we're only going to get there when we actually honestly truly love people the way that Jesus loves people
0: and honestly girl I I feel like we just got to start doing this stuff in the community and whoever is with the vibration get with it that's it and then if you're not um keep it moving cuz um I, this is just my kind of reading on the situation with the quarantine, especially, I think it is, this is a new paradigm and stuff like that. But I think the people who really want to like get on the wavelength of what we need to do to like even survive as a human species, Mm -hmm. I think certain people are going to be on it, but then other people are going to be tuned into the wrong, wrong mess in the matrix. And I think it's going to be to where like, it's kind of like where we have kind of have to step up more and. Like, you know, people are doing more IG lives and stuff like that and doing more community building. Yes, Um, they are.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's like, I can't even get to my story. So many people are live. I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So at this point,
1: you're the only person. I'm like, I refuse to be the only person on your live. Next. Right. (laughs) I refuse. I will not. I will not be the one. Yeah. So
0: it definitely is very important um definitely that we like build community right now and like I don't know because um uh, there's a lot of forces against the liberation
1: oh absolutely and even at the time of this recording right we are in the season of Easter Eastertide so folks the world over just celebrated Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday and even on my Gathering my spiritual gathering on Sunday mornings called the Proverbial Experience, 11, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time via IG Live. Um, (laughs) I talked about the collective rising, right? That this is a moment for the individual and the collective to rise. And so what is it that you need to do in order to feel like you are raising your vibration? Because if I raise my vibration, you raise yours. Like we're going to raise the vibration of our people. And so Christ consciousness says that it's not about you know, Jesus one act on the cross and it's salvific and Jesus saved a wretch like me. It's like, no, here is this black man who served his community to the point of death. Jesus did not die for your sins. Jesus died because he was a black man who was a threat to the system and he was a victim of state sanctioned violence. Mm -hmm. That's why Jesus died. Jesus was essentially lynched and black people know about being lynched in this country Hmm. to this day. Hmm. So Christ consciousness calls us into a modality where we serve our community with everything that we have, but that we also are activating the privilege that we do have because you and I are recording a podcast right now. We got privilege (laughs) Um, (laughs) to help the multi marginalized and the most vulnerable in our communities.
0: Yeah, and I think that thinking that Christ died on the uh, died on the cross for everyone's sins and to save everyone is kind of a dangerous rhetoric because uh-huh. everybody ain't gonna get saved. So everybody's
1: not gonna
0: get saved. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen.
1: And that was a question that I had back in college when I first got quote unquote saved. Right? It was like you know, if you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and you don't accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're going to hell. And I was like, well, what about this? You know, six year old. Chinese boy in a remote rural village who never hears the story you mean to tell me right so Mm -hmm. we have to be able to separate the the chaff from the wheat we have to be able to look at what comes from the colonizers right what comes from the oppressors and what was actually there originally (laughs) what was the pure Mm -hmm. intention behind Christ consciousness because the Jesus didn't write the Bible, right? It was Mm -hmm. like some folks who saw him (laughs) years later uh, in the New Testament. When you think about any part of that biblical text, it was written by men for men at a particular time with a particular agenda. So what we have to do is bring a lens, right? Like an investigative reporter, like they're coming with their own sort of hunches and their experience Um, and there's this fancy word called a hermeneutic right the hermeneutic is how you look at the text Mm -hmm. it's what how do you interpret the text are you going to interpret it in a way that oppresses queer folks are you going to trouble the text and say you know what if this text means liberation for my sisters my brothers my non-gender conforming siblings then how can I bring christ consciousness that is liberative to this and i think for many of us i think for many of us we had been socially and religiously conditioned to not question authority to not question the bible to just Mm -hmm. go along with whatever the preacher says and it's like but did the preacher go to seminary or is the preacher just regurgitating the problematic dogma that he heard when he was going to church with his grandmama fifty years ago. <laughs> <So> <laughs> right. You gotta remember where this is coming from. Did you see um Harriet? I'm sure you did, but
0: Harriet. No um, I didn't. Really? How come? I don't know. I like I like uh I'm like from Mississippi and have a lot of uh-huh. um internalized trauma.
1: So I'll sometimes I'll be here. like,
0: because I used to kind of make fun of my mother growing up and be like, why can't you watch Amistad? But then I like watched it and I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I can not even, I didn't watch 12 Years a Slave or anything like that. I, I, I did not
1: watch 12 Years a Slave. I Harriet seems a
0: little bit more that. innocent, but, or not innocent, but like less um, triggering
1: it, it was. I tell you, Queen and Slim was more triggering than Harriet.
0: I, I can't. I'm not watching Queen and Slim either. Yeah, save yourself. I can't do it, especially when I yourself. heard about the ending. I was like, Woo! Why am I going to put myself through this? Like,
1: I was so <laughs> vexed. Like, I went to Nordstrom and got some samples. I was like, I need some, some self
0: care. <laughs> yes, some I sense therapy. therapy.
1: Look, I just need to get up out of here. But um, I was I was gonna say that Harriet, in Harriet there is. Um, a minister, and when he is preaching to the enslaved Africans in front of the slave master, he's using the slaves obey your master, you'll receive your award in heaven kind of rhetoric. But... Mm We see um, when Harriet goes to visit him late in the midnight hour with her with her dad. You know that he's subverting the paradigm. That he is actually quite subversive in that he knows folks along the Underground Railroad. He has connections in Philly, which is how she, Harriet even gets there, right? Because she knows who to ask for because of this minister. So we have to be mindful wow. that there are people like me, who are still operating in these spaces, but who have a level of consciousness and care and borderline rebellion. I'll say I'm a rabble rouser for sure.
0: Yes. <laughs> um,
1: to liberate black folks because that's really what I want to see happen. I want to see black folks Free from religious and social, sexual shame and trauma. Because I know when I'm talking to a room full of Black folks, there's woundedness in the room. I get that. And so for me, I think it's so brave and marvelous of you Keon, to know your triggers and to be that self-aware to say actually i'm not going to see that film or i'm not going to watch this this show or you know just so that you protect your spirit um because what i am shifting yeah what i'm shifting is my approach to black folks healing and so Mm -hmm. there's a gentleman his name is sean right. he's a professor at um san francisco state university and he has been doing work where he's shifting language in the psychotherapy field from trauma informed care to healing centered engagement Ooh. so there's trauma informed care and there's healing centered engagement because what trauma informed care does is it centers your trauma and it says how can we help you survive knowing that you have experienced this trauma it's like and the mary one his- j
0: the blue album my life but Precisely. then the other one is like no more pain. No you more. You better
1: no more drama. No yes. More. No more. The okay. dancer. Happy...
0: What is it? dance Dancery. dancer-y. That's <laughs> what...
1: <laughs> Let's get it. I create. think that's what popped yeah, yeah, yeah. in my head
0: when you said that.
1: That's it. And wow. so it was actually one of his black teenage boys who was like I am more than my trauma. Don't define me by my trauma. Dang,
0: that is so true. Right?
1: A read, a read, honey, a strong read. And so, healing—what healing-centered engagement does—is it says how can we create systems? How can we look to um, indigenous or ancestral spiritual practices to create a community and to create a framework so that this person who experienced trauma, but who is not defined by their trauma can create a life where they don't just survive, but they thrive. Right. And so that's thrive. That's doing. your hashtag. Sur-thrive. That's my hashtag. You better know. You know, I did my research girl. Talk yeah, about
0: thriving. <laughs>
1: when I was t- doing all this work around um, research about male sexual violence and the effects of sexual trauma, Uh, trigger warning, folks, just I'm out here just laying out all this stuff. So if you need to pause, get you some water, come back when you're ready. Um, But yeah, I I learned that I as a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and intimate partner violence that I was supposed to be calling myself a survivor, right? And I was just like, but I'm in grad school and I'm out here on this slam team and I'm published and I got deep community. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. flourishing, boo. And so I was like, I'm not a survivor i'm a survivor, but it also required the deep work and this in this moment in this quarantine i feel like this is the moment that we as healers artists spiritualists have been waiting for right Mm -hmm. to see this capitalist system crumble before our very eyes to see people who had been evading their spiritualities now running to some sort of grounding, some sort of mindfulness practice, so, mm-hmm. you know, asking questions about purpose and destiny and why am I here? Like we've been doing this work. Boo, come on, right? right?
0: <laughs> uh, l- learning more about public health issues. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because let's face it, Black folks been surviving pandemics in this country since its conception. Right the and only- also
0: I- induced. You know they been gave the uh, gave tuberculosis to those people in, Al- uh, in Alabama.
1: Ciao.
0: So I mean, we've this is experimentation we, too.
1: Yes, you know, which is why Black folks be black, They're not thrivers. really trusting doctors, right? Because. <sighs> Niggas was experimenting on our ancestors. and because they don't
0: give us enough pain medicine.
1: <laughs> they don't give us enough pain medicine. If fucking Serena Williams <sighs> can pass away giving birth, then of course Latisha in Western Alabama, you know, mm-hmm. is going and to Beyonce, and Beyonce too, say it isn't so. You didn't Not know mother. that? Not mother with her longer?
0: twins. She oh. had her. It was like she had a very high level of toxicity um during her pregnancy like she nearly died during that pregnancy yeah she i think she talks about it in vogue but yeah that was like a rough pregnancy for her
1: wow yeah
0: she like didn't almost didn't come back so
1: shout out to everybody giving birth you know like oh my god yeah you're the real mvp
0: period
1: period
0: especially in these times
1: yo i can't even imagine being pregnant actually i was supposed to be <laughs> pregnant so this is a trigger warning for pregnancy trigger loss. warning Whew, i mean if we healers we talk about there we go we go there i know i'm know? a shadow
0: worker too so uh,
1: come on shadow I, I, it, I tell honey. saturn
0: is the shadow planet
1: wow i wonder where saturn is in in which of my houses
0: well the reason that all this mess is messed up right now is cuz Saturn and Pluto happened. well not cuz of it but Saturn and Pluto is one of the um one of the transits that happened um Interesting And Pluto is the underworld Trans- transformation in like a lot of different ways but um yeah
1: Yeah so I actually had a miscarriage December 2019 like a couple days before Christmas <gasps> and then wow. while it was devastating keon it's don't you have out-
0: hormonal um like effects also cuz i think a oh, yeah, lot of people don't get ongoing. that like i think uh, they just think yeah. like oh you lost a baby but it's like your body grieves or something doesn't
1: it oh for sure and like there's actually research, research that shows that you carry miscarriage trauma like much longer than people at- originally thought um wow. my would be baby daddy a big fat coward and so I'm glad I'm not having his baby mm-hmm. <laughs> but also like people who are suffering miscarriages right now or still births or like you know their children transitioning shortly after birth like I can't imagine folks who are getting pregnant or are pregnant or birthing right now like in the midst of Coronavirus, like the the fear, the anxiety, like that is certainly not the way that I would hope to bring a child into Ooh. the world. You know, I, I want to have like my doula and my boo thing there, and I'm that's why doulas are important in the, now. <laughs> <laughs> in the tub, in the living room, under the sunlight or the <laughs> moonlight, like you know. So, shout out to all the moms, mama to bees. Like we just affirm your safety, safe passage for this child who is coming from the ancestral realm for such a time as this. So, welcome, boo.
0: Because I don't want no kids.
1: Um, oh, you're going to be child-free?
0: Yeah, I want to... I, I love kids and stuff like that. I want to be more of, like, a community figure person. Yeah,
1: that or, means you want to keep most of your coins. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and then I think eventually, rather than a kids, I want to, like, leave money for, like, a memorial or foundation or something. Mm. Or, you know, like... Something where it can, like, be done for somebody or a group of people. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing so, as far as, like, energy and stuff?
1: Oh, I'm feeling good.
0: Okay, we um, can go for, like, 15, 20 more minutes if you want to.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. So
0: I was asking <laughs> you more questions. this is fun. Like, is a it Kiki? Yes, Kiki?
1: This
0: episode is so
1: good. Good, I'm Jesus so glad. Christ.
0: Also, I just think it's—I think it's so funny the Pentecostal thing because, like, that's like also. I mean, this is going on the podcast, but I—I I have didn't really tell too many people about that—that
1: that you were Pentecostal
0: about the the Pentecostal thing, yeah, and the experience with them peoples.
1: Yeah, cause it's it's traumatizing if you if you're not ready to unpack that, you know, outside of your therapist's office, then that's cool. We appreciate yeah, I mean, whatever I'm, I'm, you want to share with us.
0: I'm chi- I'm chilling. So
1: okay, good. Yeah, it's it's very traumatizing because it's one of those denominations that is extremely intent on the presentation of holiness, right? Hey, could it's you imagine having a
0: miscarriage history. as a Pentecostal person?
1: Keon, tell me why. So, Girl! you know, God gave me this gift of gab. I'm not afraid to talk about nothing. Like, taboo is not in my lexicon. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I took some time to heal. But probably, so the, my miscarriage was on a Tuesday, probably by that. I think I posted about it on Instagram that Sunday. Oh, and so, because wow. I, I had disappeared from social media, you know. So, I wasn't just going to come back and be like, 2019 is about to expire we going into 2020 i was like no like this is what's going on mm. and like I, the response was overwhelming i mean miscarriage accounts on instagram were reposting things women found me wow. filipino women white women my brother was like yeah me and my girlfriend we had one in april pastors preachers teachers like everybody was like i have had one i was like why aren't we talking about this more A stigma often? The stigma, you know, the who, who does this really serve for you to not tell anyone about your pregnancy until week 12, right? If in fact, week 25, 25 to 30% of all pregnancies end in miscarriage. That is extremely mm. high. So, the moment you find out you're pregnant, if you want to tell people, tell people because, God forbid, a miscarriage does happen. Then you'll have your community to rally around you. I cannot imagine the joy of finding out that you're pregnant if it's a wanted pregnancy, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then you and your partner, or you and your friends, or whomever you decide to tell, um, when you lose this pregnancy, you're grieving alone because it is grief. Ugh. I can't. So, Keon, when I went public, this other black woman minister, unmarried, was in my inbox. And she was like, I just went through the same thing and I couldn't tell anybody because, you know, I work at a church and I'm not supposed to be having sex. And I, Ooh. my heart. Oh,
0: <laughs> God. Broke. No. That, yes.
1: That I always forget woman- people
0: don't have like pro-ho friends.
1: Shit. That this black woman who has dedicated her life to serving this congregation. They would turn
0: on her in a second.
1: Has deposited, I am sure, energy, blood, sweat, tears, prayers, dollars, (laughs) time, affirmation. Mm -hmm. And she cannot withdraw anything because of the simple fact of this legalism that says that unless you are a straight married person, you're not supposed to be having sex. F-O-H
0: and had to go through that alone
1: alone and so whenever i think of her i send her a message so i'm actually gonna send her a message right now while we,
0: while oh we you should send her wherever
1: she comes up i just
0: send her love because and yeah. yeah and just everyone else in and the world going else through that
1: yeah who's experienced that if you're listening like i see you and your grief is valid don't let people tell you oh well you can try again or you know it wasn't meant to be or god needed a flower for his heart like none of that applies to this you are absolutely Mm -hmm. if you want to name your child if you want to grieve that date if you want to celebrate what would have been your due date like do whatever brings you comfort
0: Mm ma'am for real i had um for real i had an uncle who um well he was actually born but he died like Two days later, but we still recognize, like, him. You know what I mean? I think it's like, because I think sometimes, like, um, because I've had abortions come up in tarot readings and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And sometimes souls, you know, pop in and then it's like, I'm not, I don't need to be here.
1: Mm. Or, like, you know,
0: or it's just like, it's sometimes, I I guess it's kind of like our view of, like, life is kind of like, it's I, I guess it's kind of like flawed in some ways, the way that like we reason we stigmatize miscarriages because it's kind of like one. It's like a biological thing. Sometimes people's bodies just don't support, you know, a fetus and mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. period. And then sometimes yeah. spiritually a body, a spirit is just here and then it just leaves because right. that's just like what it's more transcendent than we can understand. You know,
1: I say. And that's so so important, especially in our healing journeys, because I know for me, I spent quite some time trying to figure out what I did wrong. I was like, you know, boosting my immunity system. I was like, maybe I took too many ginger shots or maybe I shouldn't have worked out that hard at the gym that Friday or, Mm -hmm. you know, and you just can't do that. But the way people be
0: having chick... People be like, I know, no, there's no, I'm not judging nobody like this does crack or anything like that. But you know, people who be doing like crack for like five years be getting pregnant and having <laughs> healthy ass children.
1: So, mm, you know, so right? it's like, yeah.
0: you cannot blame yourself for that kind of stuff at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, and also personally, I have had like this is, I mean, I had uh, one of my best friends had a miscarriage and like uh, we were talking and I was like, girl. People Mm -hmm. who be on meth for 10 years be having kids that weigh 10 pounds. Like, you can't, there's no reason to, like, blame yourself for that kind of stuff. And then I think it's the same way with, like, abortion and stuff. It's like, I, like, you know, like, I can't really say, I can't speak for another woman and stuff like that. But I think it's like, you know, souls, like, come in and out. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, the circumstances just aren't right. And, like, that's, it's a two-way deal, sort of, you know? Right. And it's your body. So,
1: yeah. And so, this is why I want us to be having conversations about our bodies. Damn, that was intense. Wow. (laughs) Say what?
0: That was intense. Oh my God.
1: It was. But you know what? That's what happens when you have honest, real conversations because, Mm -hmm. like, statistics don't change people, but stories do. Like, Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is, if you are black in this world, you have experienced trauma. I do not know a trauma-less Black person. <laughs> and so <laughs> the more we, we talk, the more we move this energy and process through it, right, the greater our chances of having a life where we can thrive. And so um, being a body and sex-positive pastor is not just about my having sex all the time, which let's be very clear, Kianse, I want to have very consensual, very pleasurable, mind-blowing, life-giving sex
0: yes
1: and i want us to be so comfortable <laughs> about talking about our bodies that we can talk about getting mammograms getting prostate exams getting our sugar levels tested because mm-hmm. the sugar be running around
0: i mean um, that's the is defeating everybody corona. with diabetes
1: yeah yeah precisely right and our elders and Um, getting them to stay home from church and, you know, getting STD, STI testing and having that conversation with your partner. Like there are so many different things that need to happen when we're talking about our bodies. That's not just about sexual intercourse. Um, And so that's my hope is for us to accept the bodies that we're in. um, Even if you're transitioning into a body that feels more like home for you, Um, the bodies that you lie with, (laughs) the bodies that you see in the
0: streets
1: the body that you live with right
0: we gotta see each other this is great i'm like gonna cry i'm gonna save it for after the podcast let it out i'm kind of one of those i'm one of those priors who like i'm like okay compartmentalize that for two hours from now
1: oh child (laughs) and then i set a timer in my head (laughs) in a I'm
0: I gonna can't. go back to watching the players club After this and be like
1: I, I got an make hour the left monies, Don't let the money make you
0: <laughs> I just noticed though In the movie that she says That in the middle of the movie And then the other woman says it At the end Cause I always remember the woman at the end saying oh. it Cause she's you know battered and then i I would repeat that but then yeah the light-skinned woman said it to the girl before Mm -hmm, she went to that party mm -hmm, mm -hmm, with those two mm -hmm. two other dancers Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. and i was like wow
0: i because ice cube wrote this wrote on the players club he did yes i saw his name. on the credits (laughs) yes because they and one unique thing about the movie is that they show the credits at the beginning and so you uh-huh. see everybody involved in the film and then it shows Ice Cube. I was like, "What the? I did not right. know that."
1: Hilarious. Yeah! <laughs> Wilders Kabau. That's just
0: an aside. Um, you know.
1: All right.
0: <laughs> I love that pop culture if you can tell. We be clubbing.
1: He, we be getting these writing checks I'm here for it
0: yes for real that's, some, that's some real money point. speaking IQ of went
1: from N.W.A not N.W.A went from like today was a good day <laughs> to um to granddaddy's house we go whatever that movie was he was like <laughs> I'm getting these coins honey and meanwhile hasn't
0: I'm pretty sure he's killed somebody before
1: has he? Oh, I, don't know. I'm kidding. I don't know. But he I mean
0: have. I mean I'm not I'm not trying to get killed by the Illuminati <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I didn't say Shut up um, so No, I'm here. kidding <laughs> <laughs> But you know oh, Diddy not kill somebody probably But um not Possibly. like I'm some, yeah. you know whatever. I don't, I don't
1: put anything past anybody.
0: Speaking of <laughs> writing though, what did you um win an Emmy for?
1: Um, So I was a part of the um, profiles team for the 2008 Beijing Games and the Olympics, yeah, were quite experience. I lived in Beijing, China for 32 days.
0: Oh <laughs> my God. What was it like being dark-skinned there?
1: Ciao. Uh, so I was walking, there's this um, one site called the Temple of Heaven and apparently it's where a lot of the kings would spend their downtime to kind of like rest and rejuvenate and whatnot. And so usually people walk on the inside so they can get fun photos, but you know, well, you don't know, but I'm telling you when I visit places, I want the local experience. I don't want the touristy bits. I want the true down home good to the last drop, like local experience. So I was walking on the outside. So I'm rolling up on this elderly couple and she peeped me first and she rolled up her newspaper and slapped her husband's forearm and pointed the newspaper at me. It was like, And I was just like, ni hao, like. I'm out here. Um, and because of my build, I'm five ten, athletic and fit. I played basketball, field hockey, ran track and field in high school. Um, a lot of people thought I was an athlete. So I was on the treadmill once before work and a photographer like saw me and passed by the gym, double backed and took a photo of me and I was just like, He gonna try to place me and they gonna be like
0: wow. that's the producer.
1: Um, yeah, but it was great. I had the best dumplings of my life there. Like the produce was super fresh. The broccoli was like bright green and crisp and it was cool do you speak chinese no
0: i speak a little bit you You want to hear it uh,
1: yeah yeah. (laughs) can i give you a phrase to say and then you say it or do you have to just tell me what you know
0: i just have to say what i know i don't don't know know. (laughs) yeah i ain't trying to do i don't know all that (laughs) (laughs) i can do that with spanish but oh
1: I see hablo
0: español también oh yo también yo vivía en Latinoamérica por un año en México oh, y Ecuador bien. pero es también bien. yo hablo un poquito de chino como ah hush Dil Kang ni
1: Hao we sound like you said Megan, Megan Markle, <laughs> Walsher,
0: <What>? Meg Warren, <laughs> Harry and Megan. I'm American. Oh, I
1: thought American was
0: like Warren. Warren like is pe- oh. people country or something. Me, <laughs> Meg Warren is American. Yes, 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 that's it. American person, Walsher, yes. I am. Okay, I say Walsher, <laughs> <laughs> Meg Warren. Yeah. That's what the
1: man was saying on the tape.
0: And you know how they say like nigga? I remember <laughs> I was like, she said that in class. I was like, who you calling a nigga first right? off because, you don't get girl, to say that. Cause girl, I don't oh, know you I like that. Lord. Like, and Pussy was not you black, like, girl.
1: You don't know me? <laughs> <like laughs> the <that>. girl <laughs> I was like,
0: don't I was telling the girls in here to come for your neck.
1: Hilarious. Um, excuse me.
0: Um, anyway, well, <sighs> Oh my god, this has been so great.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, this was a great conversation. Yeah. Um, so, what exactly like are your services...
1: Yeah, so folks can work with me in a number of different ways. Um, right now, I'm offering a spiritual stimulus package um, for folks who are wanting to take a deep dive into life after quarantine, right? Because wow. it's coming. We are going to heal to the other side. Um, I'm a spiritual life coach. I work with clients who are ready to shift their energy. And you and went evolve to their Yale, didn't you? I did. I graduated from Yale Divinity School <laughs> in 2012. Legit. Yes, light flex. So- Legit, flex. <laughs> light
0: flex. Heavy flex, girl. Heavy
1: flex. <laughs> um, so I know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Like I didn't just go Period. online and get a little certificate. Like, I Qualified. actually did the work. Um And, of course, we can talk about how we need to decolonize these institutions and decolonize learning and stuff like that. But (laughs) I felt a call. I felt a pull. Spirit led me there, and it has been a gift. Yeah. But, yeah, so my spiritual life coaching is typically – um, 350 for one hour but the spiritual stimulus package is one call um an intuitive tarot card reading and a follow-up call so it's like a 500 dollars deal for only 333 and yes. i am happy to offer your listeners a 16 percent discount because ah! 16 is my favorite number so um Yes, you I will absolutely pass along that information. Um, also happy to offer your listeners a discount to my online course. It's called I Mr Thriver Healing, Faith, and Sexual Trauma. It is a six-week online um, learning space for you to journey through political, social, theological, spiritual um, understandings of Black religion, how we got here, how we got to this really hyper-oppressed, hyper-sexual culture, um, and also some practical tips for healing. Um, yes. So that's some information that I have available. Um, I am also uh, on in these Patreon streets, so yes. I would love to have you become a patron at whatever tier is an investment, but not a devastation <laughs> to you. Um, and that's where we're doing work around spirit, sensuality, and sexuality sexuality we are going to be starting i actually i literally just sent this notice out to my patrons today um a shadow work series because oh my people God. have been wanting to do more of that so we're gonna be so you can visit patreon.com slash p um and of course if you just want to bless me indeed um, hallelujah hashtag- is dollar sign levon p venmo at levon p paypal dot me slash levon p um i'm on instagram at levon p that's l y v is in victor o n is in nancy n as in nancy e as in a goon uh, p <laughs> as in Robert. my
0: peoples know what that is
1: right i'm like is an egg is an edward now that sounds colonized let me decolonize the (laughs) spelling of my name um so yes please find me in these instagram streets i'm on there all the time and i would love to be in radical virtual community with y'all until we can be in radical in-person community together
0: yes and the next taping is going to be in new orleans after this quarantine you're coming to new orleans period i mean
1: that's on period period you coming to new (laughs) orleans like we're gonna like as juju babe would say
0: yes she needs to come here too because we did our interview here i'm gonna make we we gonna go out to eat but i'm gonna make you some food because you know i know how to make all of it red beans and rice gumbo jambalaya
1: in that lush robe
0: honey period you know you know i be cooking in that robe
1: list like list.
0: girl you know with my hand on my hip like what you talking about
1: okay giving us the tea giving us the all recipe. of the tea the wendy period. williams of
0: spiritual podcast baby okay because <laughs>
1: cooking is a spiritual practice yes